Downloads of this show are available on Podomatic.com and the Podomatic mobile app. Come in. Oh my god. Oh my god, it's Colby. You have a nasty habit of surviving. You know what they say about the fittest? Welcome to another edition of Young Persons Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn with me, your host, Colby Smith. How is everybody doing? I'm just adjusting levels here live on the airwaves. There we go. We're feeling good. How is everybody doing? This is Young Persons Radio right here on Radio Free Brooklyn. I'm your host, Colby Smith, and we are Ringing in the holiday season here on Radio Free Brooklyn this morning. Uh, we'll be here from 10 to 11 a.m., at which point we will be followed by Points of Order, the great sports talk show at 11, and then Lost and Rewound, a new addition to the Radio Free Brooklyn ske- Sunday schedule. That's a, it's a found audio show by my pal Elon Danzinger, who has a live show coming up uh, this week, which we will get to shortly. And after Lost and Rewound, we are followed at 1 p.m. by objection to the rules. So we've got all your bases covered here this morning. We're starting off with comedy. We're veering over to sports. We're going to some weird audio project and then going right back on the road to politics. So uh, do not touch that dial for the rest of your Sunday. Now, I mentioned that the Lost and Rewound program has a live show coming up this week. And indeed, they do. On Monday, December 18th, the Footlight in Ridgewood, we'll be hosting another edition of Radio Free Brooklyn Presents. This month, the team of RFB's Sunday afternoon found sounds program Lost and Rewound take their show to a live stage for an evening of music and stories with past guests from the Lost and Rewound Holiday Showcase. In the spirit of revealing the sounds from our personal archives, join hosts Elon Danzinger, Allison Goodman, and Jimmy Hoffman as they invite previous guests to get embarrassed with us. Musicians will share songs they never dared play out in public, and storytellers will share holiday experiences far too frightful to forget. There will be music from Robin Irene Moss, Alex Ito, Shobon Fogarty, Matthew Finch, and Lindsay Friedman, and stories from David Lawson, Amber Drea, Sam Rose, and David Piccolomini. Uh, it's a stacked lineup. This is what the copy says. It's a stacked lineup. I, I should say it's, there's like a million people on this show. It's a stacked lineup of talented performers for one evening only. Doors are at 7 p.m. There is a $5 suggested donation, and you can ensure getting a seat by getting your ticket in advance at rfb.nyc slash tickets. Make sure to stick around after uh, for the 9 p.m. original NYC talent show, which is the Footlights flagship show right after the conclusion of the Lost and Rewound Holiday Showcase. That's tomorrow at 7 p.m., Monday, December 18th, at the Footlight, which is 465 Seneca Avenue in Ridgewood. Now, it is the holiday season, yes, yes, which is also the season of giving. And I would like to remind everyone, apropos of, of course, completely nothing, that Radio Free Brooklyn is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization, and all donations are completely tax deductible. So, if you would find it in your heart to give to a, 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 a nonprofit organization this holiday season, I would ask you to consider Radio Free Brooklyn. And now, and now, the show. This I am calling the first annual Young Persons Radio Holiday Party because. I have not one, but two guests in the studio today. One will be no stranger to loyal listeners of this program. He is a comedian and writer who can be seen co-hosting the stand-up show Cheap Date this very Tuesday at 8 p.m. at Union Hall. Please welcome Calvin Cole. Hey, how's it going? And seated next to him is a veritable stalwart of the New York improv scene. (laughs) 
She is a house performer on Herald Night at the Upright Citizens Brigade Theater, where she can be seen most Tuesday nights with her team, Ice Cold Bev, including this very Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. As part of the longest Herald Night of the Year at UCB Theater Hell's Kitchen, I am so excited to have her here. It's Caitlin Puckett. The excitement is mutual. <laughs> Thank you guys both for coming. Uh, well, it was easy. We took the same car. Fantastic. Yes, you're married. <laughs> That's true. It is true. It's true. And, and you we have, don't uh, regret it one bit. You have dueling shows on Tuesday. Uh, that's true. That it's the downside of being uh, married to another comedy person is that we we're huge fans of each other, but we often miss <laughs> each other's shows because we're very busy. Yeah, you work at night, yeah. mm-hmm. and we. Uh, I guess we should just collaborate more. We could. Yeah, we could. <laughs> it seems like it'd be really easy, but it just it doesn't <laughs> happen. Well, of course, uh, uh, I was going to bring this up later in the show, but you you did collaborate for a long time on the Sinistalgia podcast. That's true. I do. Uh, I I do have loose plans to bring that back. <laughs> good, good. Well, when it does come back, you call in, you tell people on this show about it. Yeah, the downloads will spike. That's right. I want to steal your fan base. <laughs> That's right. They, they've got room in their life for more than just one one hour long talk show. Hell yeah! Right? Can I ask a question? About of course, this you show? can. This show, yeah, yeah. What's your definition of a young person? Uh, it's a, it's a loose one. It's a loose <laughs> definition is the best answer I have for you. For the young part. Uh, Maggie Sirota was on the show twice, and each time she was just like, I can't, I can't be on it. I'm over 30. It's not a problem. It's an ironic definition. Okay. Uh, yeah. Like a young at heart. Yeah. Of. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Does that make you feel more comfortable i wanted an exact answer <laughs> well Colby, it's, can it's i a, ask uh yes, you can what makes this radio uh are well, we on an actual radio we're not on we're not on the fmam band but it is going out live uh, it's, it's online so radio. the whole title is a lie really but yes what we're discovering is that this show is a sham <laughs> and rather than build toward it we've led with it <laughs> That's my holiday gift to everybody. No more lies. <laughs> the name of the show is changing in the new year, and uh, it'll be uh, uh, on Saturday nights at 2 a.m. Caitlin. Kofi. Let's talk some shop. Oh, boy. Right? Okay. You, you, you are on Herald Night at the UCB Theater it's right here true. in New yeah. York City. And this theater... Is uh, uh, it's going through a, a historic change right now, and that they have moved locations from Chelsea, the, the Chelsea neighborhood of New York City, to the Hell's Kitchen neighborhood of New York City. Is it fair to say that if our listeners attend the show on Tuesday, that they will be a part of history, and they can say this is where it all happened, and I was there too? For sure. <laughs> I mean, longest Herald Night of the Year is always something people gab about mm-hmm. people love to talk about that show it's usually sold out so yeah so get get your tickets now folks it's true now you have been on you have been on many teams at the ucb for how long many many it feels like uh oh. feels like a long time i feel like i'm going on into my seventh year since i've uh taken their 101 class oh wow um <laughs> Te- teams wise, though, you like starting with the, you were on Torco before Lloyd, right? Yeah. Um, that. What year did you propose to me? Twenty sixteen <laughs> last year. No, no, that can't be right. Twenty fifteen. That doesn't seem right either. I think it's three years ago. <laughs> oh man! In September. I. The reason I ask is because Calvin proposed to me in Ohio, and then. Three days later, I got the call about Tour Co. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it was the greatest week we're, I ever we, had. We were Just eating breakfast with my grandparents. Yes. <laughs> she got the call. And then we spent like 45 minutes trying to explain to them why we were so happy. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I guess we should say, for people who don't know, that uh, this is the UCB's touring company. Uh, yep. So you, you do shows all across the country, right? Yes. Yeah. I did. I got retired. Right. You, you yes. got retired? They yeah. they tapped you on the shoulder and was like, "That's enough." They, they old <laughs> yes. yelly after a couple of years. Yes, I would have stayed forever if not. What was what was the, the the weirdest place you guys performed? It was a lot of colleges, oh. right? It's a lot. Of... Yeah, majority of colleges. Uh-huh. I'd say ninety percent of our shows. The theaters yeah. are weirder than the colleges, though, right? We always had a very like 
good experience in the theaters. Like they theaters treat performers better than anyone. Uh-huh. Like tour code does have a writer, but I don't think any colleges read it. Like we're it's it is specific. Like I believe we're supposed to have like four Red Bulls <laughs> ready for us, <laughs> snacks. You're not allowed to have Red Bull. I know. <laughs> I'll like if I need it, I'll, I'll do a sip. Temptations of the road, Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> it is what I wear. I've never once worried about her cheating on me, but if she had too much sugar, <laughs> I'd be very concerned. Yeah. Could end up in a ditch. Yeah. Any any notable, like, uh, uh, like, 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 bad, like, crazy bad times? Yeah. Oh, oh hell yeah. <laughs> Here, we go. Here we go. Not often, but, uh, Sometimes it's very bizarre. Schools chose not to promote mm. the show. And there was this one place, I want to say it was in Florida or South Carolina. and Probably South Carolina. Probably South mm. Carolina. And like five minutes before this show, they put up a paper sign about the show. Oh, no. And we uh, performed in a pl- planetarium. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which was a beautiful room, very spacious, so it felt much worse when only 15 people showed up. Yeah, planetariums have pretty high ceilings, I think. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I can't imagine booming laughter uh, filling a room at that in a planetarium. Just sucked into the void. <laughs> yes. Oh, boy. Uh, there are several things that went off the rails. Normally, we... Uh, do an interview at the top of the mm. show to get ideas and pull ideas. Meaning you, you interview a random person from the audience. Yeah, the mm. student. And uh, we usually like ask for three different like one-sentence summaries of stories from students and pick from there so then we don't have any crazies coming on stage. Right. And the first guy we called on like just popped up and got on stage. <laughs> Oh, okay. So he wanted so he to skipped talk. the pre-screening process. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was a point where someone misheard uh, Morgan Miller. Was it on the show? Well, oh, yeah. She <laughs> in the scene, she was this ghost from the 1920s doing stand up. <laughs> and she said something about her knickers, ah. like the bloomer's pants Uh and some students misheard her and half the room walked out (laughs) and none of us could understand why for the longest time until our student contact after the show was like they misheard you (laughs) oh oh, oh, wow that's that's a pretty bad one yeah (laughs) but normally oh boy they're the best Uh in new york you get so used to performing for other improvisers, yes. you you pull out different tricks. You do different things. Mm-hmm. And for college students, my goodness, it's it's usually a lot of times their first exposure to long form improv. Mm. And you'll just get applause for doing a callback. Right. Yeah. A lazy one, not even a clever one. <laughs> feel yeah. like a god yeah my uh my college comedy group had one copy of truth and comedy that we like passed around oh, yeah. over the course and like we would all have slowly read it by the end of like a year but up until that point it was just it was the blind leading the blind <laughs> in those days. now calvin oh, oh, yeah. you uh i didn't mention this in your intro but people could see you this afternoon in fact that's true. Right? As part of Pluto is Missing. Yeah. Uh, Emily Duncan and Chris Mann, who are both very talented writer performers. Previous uh, guest on the show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they wrote a, a children's musical about uh, when Pluto was declassified as a planet. Uh, and the so Pluto gets upset and runs away from the solar system. So there's uh, music and puppets and jokes. Uh, and it's been super fun. We've been doing it for like since September. Mm. Almost every week, and then uh, tonight was, or this afternoon rather, was supposed to be our last show, and the uh, we've been doing it at the Pit uh, main stage, and they extended our run through March of next year, so they added eight more shows. It's been going very well. Mm. I have never performed for children before. <laughs> uh, it is uniquely terrifying, uh, but What's uniquely terrifying rewarding about it? because I. <laughs> 
<laughs> I mean, you you know the way I talk. Like I, I you're a '70s satellite <laughs> in the in the play. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you're talking about. No, it's it's terrifying performing for children because they uh, they have no filter, and I have no idea what their expectations are. Mm-hmm. So, like, I'm used to performing for adult audiences, and like comedy or really any kind of performance is about um, expectation. It's about uh-huh. using and thwarting expectation, and I don't know what these kids want, <laughs> so I just have to hope they're into it. And it's funny; it's uh, it was especially nerve wracking at first because wh- what would happen is the adults would laugh at the jokes, and the kids wouldn't really. Uh, like you couldn't hear them at all throughout the show. So we we thought they were like bored or whatever. But the fact that you couldn't hear them is actually a testament to how much they were enjoying it because uh-huh. they were paying attention. Oh, yeah. Uh, and if you if you look into the audience, you'd see they'll dance along with the songs. Oh. And we started doing after the shows, um, we'd invite every, anyone in the crowd to come down and meet. We'd all hang out with our puppets and, and they would, they'll take pictures with us. Yeah. It's really sweet. Oh, Calvin took a picture the other week with this girl, just enthusiastic. Like, she's wearing an astronaut. A full astronaut costume. Some of these kids are really into space. This one, this, this one kid uh, heckled the show because he disagreed with a science fact in it. Uh, and afterward, he came up to Mallory, who plays Pluto, uh, and started telling her about his personal theory for why Pluto and its moon Sharon are tidally locked and completely lost us. The kid was like four. Oh, he was four. Okay. I was expecting like 10. No, no, no. That. No, these are like grade school children. Like, um, I'd say most of them are like kindergarten to maybe like third grade. Uh huh. Age four blows my mind. Like, I can understand memorizing facts and having those down at four, but to have your own theories. Having theories is impressive. It was like, mind blowing. He was like the age of the kid in Kindergarten Cop who talks about penises and vaginas. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like it was that type of delivery. Yeah. Uh, it was mind-blowing. These kids are great. Yeah. I uh, I uh, work sometimes at a preschool class, and uh, this one kid the other day just kept saying, telling us uh, that his butt broke down. <laughs> uh. <laughs> <laughs> and then at first we thought, at first we thought. <laughs> Wait, how did he announce it? <laughs> he just kept shouting it in in school and like my butt broke down exactly like that caitlin <laughs> exactly <laughs> and we were like are you is are do you feel sick is your stomach upset and he's like no my butt broke down <laughs> and he kept saying it and i realized oh this kid has just put those words together in his mind as being really funny and you know what he's right he's yeah. right <laughs> we were like we were like andrew like we don't like that language and he goes but my butt broke down. <laughs> I love that he's playing with the delivery as well. Yeah. Yeah. He loves it. It was great. Now, look, if you ever need, uh, if, if you're ever in doubt, Calvin, of like losing this kid audience, all you do is you launch into. <laughs> it's not my favorite Moana song, but it's very good. <laughs> they love Moana. Still, they I thought, uh, I, th- I mean, yeah, no, don't get me wrong. Moana's great. Just. I thought Coco was going to be the next big thing. No one saw Coco. No I'm one going to see it. Coco. Yeah. Soon. It looks good. Uh, anyway. No, I loved uh, Moana. And I'm so glad it knocked Frozen out of the box. Yeah. Christ. Yeah. That is a terrible movie. On record. Frozen <laughs> equals Frozen bad, bad, I bad movie. It. I didn't see Frozen. I can go off on Frozen for a good half an hour. <laughs> you want to talk about it? <laughs> yeah. Get, well, maybe not the half hour version, but, but <laughs> we only have. We can so take it to fun. the break with this. We can take it to the break. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I can try to be succinct. Are we doing this? I yeah, think, go, I, for I, go for it. Right. This go is going to rile up our young audience. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> all the young people listening. <laughs> Big on Frozen. Well, okay. My beef with it is set up, oh, Disney has gone feminist. Oh, man, they call out, like, this character for falling in love with a guy after one day. Ha, ha, ha. They get it now. No, they don't. <laughs> they promote it as a sister movie. Bullshit. They're barely together in the movie. It is still a romance. She's still getting to know this character. Uh, <sighs> my, can I summarize my major complaint, <laughs> yeah. with it, which I think is the, the source uh, of it all? And I'll be reminded of something and come in after that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this will take a half hour. But the, the, and I think, I believe this is true. I read this that the, the original plot line of the story is that. Uh, Elsa, right, is the witch. Mm-hmm. Um, she goes full villain. Like mm-hmm. she, you see her, like the two of them as children, and then the the way the power like uh, 
isolates and corrupts her, and she becomes the villain. And and it's this clash between the good and evil sister, mm-hmm. which I think is interesting and is worth exploring. Like a let's focus on that. Like a sympathetic female villain. Like cool. Okay, that's that's mm-hmm. you don't see that all the time. Uh, and then it's about the sisters. Uh, but then the they wrote Let It Go, and Disney was like, shit, that's a banger. <laughs> we can't that can't be the villain song because that's going to blow up so they rewrote the whole movie around making Elsa more uh, like less the villain and they shoehorned in this evil prince who is a complete like deus ex machina villain mm. uh, oh and that was the other like this is my point I'm going to jump and back. it ruins the whole <laughs> like plot and all the character development uh, they ruined Literally everything that matters about the movie so that they could push this single. (laughs) Like, the problem with that prince to me, um, without, like, putting down those breadcrumbs of, like, oh, there's something wrong with this guy, he's so perfect until he admits, I'm evil. Yeah, pure evil. And what is that teaching young women? Like... Guys aren't Men going bad? to announce they're bad. <laughs> Otherwise, for you. you can trust him. <laughs> or, or the the flip side of that coin is all men are evil, <laughs> and they're either telling you they're evil or they're lying about being evil. <laughs> either way, uh, we're we're living in a very angry country, right? Now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we are. And also, and, uh, ice magic—it doesn't oh, make sense. Not explained at all. Mm. Not There's explained at all. rock trolls plus. Rock trolls don't need to be in the movie. I, I, Elsa's powers, which she can turn snow sentient. Uh, yeah, she gives life. She she is a godhead. Okay. All right, all right. Frozen ranch. Right, right, right. Do we like? Maybe we should take our break now. Everybody, cool <laughs> off. <laughs> Let's do it. I'll set up the phones. I'll set up the phones, oh, and uh, folks can call in uh, very shortly. We're going to take a quick musical break, and then be right back. Uh, shortly, this is Young Persons Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. We'll be back shortly. Uh, don't go anywhere. Oh, yeah. Now that was the Rizzos with Anything I Want You To from their album, Worst Things, that came out uh, in, uh, two years ago on King Pizza Records. So you're welcome, everybody. Oh, oh, oh. There you go. Are they named after the rat from Muppets? Came, I don't know. Maybe. Well, probably. But the, the rat is named after a character in Midnight Cowboy. Right? What? I don't know. I haven't seen Midnight Cowboy. Ratso Rizzo is the Muppet. Ratso. Oh, yes. Right? Yeah. <laughs> like, there's a character in Midnight Cowboy called Ratso Rizzo. <laughs> I is thought he, he was called King Pizza. <laughs> Can we look this up? I thought he was named after the character, the Dustin Hoffman character in Midnight Cowboy. Oh, you're talking about the band, the name of the band. Yeah, Ratso Rizzo, Midnight Cowboy, Dustin Hoffman. Yeah, that is that's his name. <clears throat> oh, that's a shame. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're back on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is Young Persons Radio with me, your host Colby Smith. I'm in the studio with Caitlin Puckett and Calvin Cole today, and our phone lines are now open. So let's get those calls in at nine zero four three five one zero seven two nine. That's nine zero four. Three, five, one, oh, seven, two, nine. Now, guys, this is a holiday party. Yeah. So together, we are going to count down uh, uh, some some of the weirdest or worst uh, holiday songs uh, uh, ever. <laughs> so if you're if we're going through these and you think of one, you just let me know. Okay. But we are going to start uh, first with. Uh, uh, do you know the band uh, Twisted Sister? I'm familiar. I love them. Yeah. They are resp- their biggest hit, I guess, is. Uh, uh, um, uh, I, we're not going to take it. Right, right. They recorded a Christmas album called Album. Yeah, a whole album. Uh, it's eleven tracks. Jesus. What the last one is a medley of traditional Christmas songs. <laughs> uh, but my personal favorite is. Hold on, let me cue it up right here. Let me cue it up right. My personal favorite is Silver Bells. <laughs> Long intro. <laughs> Worth it, I see. <laughs> I, l- I love it. <laughs> if you love that, 
you'll love their version of Oh Come All Ye Faithful. Oh, God. This yes. is maybe even better. Yes. Bethlehem is where the guitars kick in. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Weird. I don't like... Um, I like it. Well, uh, what, here's what I don't like is the, okay. the first one when he does the like, let me tell you about it. Yeah, yes. Because that's there's a... It's never occurred to me before, but there's a style of rock and roll where you can't help but feel like it's being delivered to you by like a guy standing over you with like a visible bulge. Like there's something ag- aggressively sexual about it, and I don't like my Christmas Carol being delivered that way. Mm, I like a Christmas Carol with a bulge. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we have a caller on the line. Oh, great. oh perfect, perfect. Caller, welcome to the program. You're on the air with uh, me and Caitlin Puckett and Calvin Cole. Oh, hold on, hold on. Come now. Can you hear me now? It's me. There she is. Yeah, can you hear me? Yes, we got you. Hi, it's me, Gene Crackhead George. Wow. Oh, wow. Gene Craig says George, the, the author of My Side of the Mountain. This is really exciting. That's right. The Seminole Children's Buildings Roman. <laughs> Buildings Roman. <clears throat> We're, I'm My very excited. Sorry, I'm very excited to have you back on because uh, last time you called in, you saved me like 20 minutes of being a guest. <laughs> it was <laughs> really relaxing. I wow. I noticed your, 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 your ability to carry the show was flagging, and I decided to call in and carry you on my shoulders. Amazing. But this is different, Calvin. This is about business. I did not huh? know that you were in the uh, in the entertainment industry. I did not know that you and your beautiful wife, uh, Kimblin, uh, <laughs> Kimblin, yeah, she seems darling. She Thank seems you. Wonderful. Uh, I'm right here. <laughs> uh, a, a real. Uh, would you describe yourself as a tall drink of water? Because that's how you sound. Just the opposite. <laughs> She's a. It, it, oh me? Yeah. It could mean you're tall. It could mean you're clear. It could mean just that you're nice. She's nearly uh, clear. I'd say a short glass of water. Yeah, she's a... Okay. She's like a rocks glass. <laughs> Ooh. A tumbler. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, listen, guys. Pleasantries <laughs> aside, uh, the reason I'm calling Calvin is that I don't know if you've seen this in the news or in the... In the, in the, in the uh, why, Probably the news. Uh, they're... Uh, they're making a they're making a god dang wrinkle in time movie. Mm-hmm. They are, yes. Yeah. With uh Mindy Kaling, Zach Galifianakis, and others. Oprah? They're Oprah making right, of course. How can that I help? piece of shit, Madeline Lengel, is taunting me from beyond the grave with her bullshit sci fi for young adults. That book is garbage, it's trash, it doesn't teach any kind it doesn't teach any kind of survival skills. Do you have a specific beef with each other? Me and Madeline Langle, yeah. oh, we hate each other. We were raised in the same orphanage. Oh, my we both God. went to trade school for writing young adult novels. But while she At decided, the same school? Same oh, trade school. there's only one, honey. There's only one. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Continue. Excuse me. <laughs> were you rearranging your notes? <laughs> I was going through my notes and I was packing my pipe. <laughs> the point is... She made a million dollars or whatever with her, her stupid magic stuff with fake science in it about, uh, you know, strings and uh, brains and jars and little children that don't talk. And then all of a sudden they talk a lot. And mm-hmm. I just never sat well with me. For someone who is dedicated to her craft, yeah. someone who wants to build narratives out of stories about children who were kicked out of their homes and went to live by themselves in the woods with nobody checking up on them or really minding. I'd wow. love to cut in and ask about my book. Um, I'm sorry to interrupt, but could you give like the five essential things every book should have for a young adult? For a young adult, to yeah, learn and grow and be entertained in his literature choice. Yeah, I one, mean, I didn't go to teach the teach you how to school. live in a tree. Number one, it should teach you how to live in a tree. All my books have explicit instructions about how to do it. None of Madeline Langles do. Number two. There needs to be some kind of animal that you capture, steal from its parents, and raise to be on your side this time. Hmm. Number three. 
platonic relationships with same-sex adults. A lot of them in my book. A lot of children being friends with grown men and just talking to them like equals. Kids need to see that. That was a major part of my uh, upbringing. I, I do feel I'm a stronger person for it. <clears throat> Number four, you got to Tarantino it a little bit. You got to start with a with a with a uh, what's it called in media res. You know, my book starts out. He's already living in the tree, and you're like, "What? A kid in a tree? How did it come to this?" And then we go back to the beginning, and then we lead it back up to the middle where it starts, and then it all starts. You know, the falling action. It's the perfect structure. For a children's novel, young adults novel, excuse me, I don't want to insult my readers. You're not children, kids. You're little, little adults. <laughs> I think of myself as a giant child sometimes. How do you feel well, about Well, then, that? Calvin, my book's not for you, and I don't want you on this project. But your <laughs> wife, if she, if she can reckon with the fact that she is an adult and was once a little adult, uh, hmm. Sorry, I've mixed myself up a little bit. She can be on the project. The point, the point is, I need young, raw talent to make me a movie about my, you know, my tree book. Well, this is what I was going to ask uh, Eugene: is uh, uh, are there any plans to make a My Side of the Mountain movie, and who who would you cast in it? Ooh. Well, first of all, Colby, uh, have you been listening to me? I'm making the plans right now. Okay, are you out of your mind? Sorry. Healthy. To be casting it, I want a, a, a young, the lead, I want a young Jonathan Taylor Thomas type. Yes. Okay, yes. yeah. You know, yeah. the quadruple, quadruple T. Yeah. The, like a the teenage Harrison Ford. A JTTT. I want someone young and angular. Yeah. I always thought of JTT as having rounded features. Oh, he has cheekbones that could cut glass. Calvin, your wife's a lot smarter than you. I know that. She looks. She goes into the world and she observes it as she sees it. I don't disagree. Anyway, <laughs> so a young Jonathan Taylor Thomas. I don't know. I guess he's older now, but maybe we can give him. What's the opposite of stilts? Where it makes you shorter. Uh, amputation. amputation. Yeah. Yeah. Sure, 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 yeah. You sure, want to cut his legs off? Take this young Jonathan Taylor Thomas type and cut off his legs for this movie? Or you dig it a lifetime? Yeah, you could dig it dredge. The of a lifetime, frankly, if they're walking into the audition room and they haven't cut their own legs off, I'm just not going to take them. They're clearly not dedicated to them. Mm. That's a good point. Uh, and so the other roles. The raccoon, I want a real raccoon. The bird, I could CGI. But the raccoon's got to be real. Is something happening in the uh, background there? The... What? There... No, oh, no, there's no. a vacuum. Someone's vacuuming okay. in our building. Oh, good, good. I, th- I was about there's to... There's not going to be any vacuums. I don't know if you All guys right. know this. There's no vacuums in the woods. So that's the type of amenity that my book teaches young kids that they can live without if they're only strong enough. Now, anyway. what type of animal, like uh, Flintstone style, what type of animal would you use as a vacuum in the woods? Ooh. Definitely, uh, who, what's, what's it called? An anteater. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> They'll eat anything that looks like an ant. That's what you got to know about anteaters. <laughs> <laughs> an anteater is more like a Swiffer, though, isn't it? Oh, oh, sure. It's more for the nooks and crannies. Frankly, I mean, in terms of the, in terms of like a broad swath over your carpet and your linoleum, I don't know. Sometimes I look at nature and I think, did God not intend for animals to be used as ersatz? Modern appliances, because there doesn't seem to be one built to be a broom. That's a good point. But, uh, so, you know, I settle for the anteater. How late in the tree homemaking process do you add the linoleum flooring? When you've been living there a while and you're starting to feel this sort of emptiness inside you, you know? That's when you take on a home project. What can I purchase to, to, to mollify this feeling of just ennui? You know, because I have all these things, but they make me feel nothing. Mm. Uh, and that's when you start going to the linoleum. So you can, you're saying live, survive in the woods, but go to the store to get linoleum? No one's going to the store to get linoleum, sweetheart, honey. Caitlin. Yeah, geez. You can make linoleum out of stuff you find in the woods. That's what my book's all about. <laughs> you can make it out of... 
that's like a third of it. A third of it is just you. You can use sheetrock. You can use uh, uh, green moss. All right. So so far in this movie, so far in this movie, we have a young Jonathan Taylor Thomas type, a real raccoon, and a CGI bird making linoleum together. Well, right. It's supposed to be very uplifting. (laughs) (laughs) I get it. Gene, when you're right, you're right. So the only thing left I need is I don't know if you're familiar with the book, but there's a there's a a, a litany of uh, young to middle aged unattached bachelor men who come into this boy's life, uh, live with him for a time, and then eventually make their own way back home. Uh-huh. Uh, How many men? I think three. It's been a little bit. Like a full house. Type. But we need to mm. cast these people. And Calvin, I think you would be perfect for one of them. Oh, wow. Yeah, how taciturn one does he need like to be? One of them's like a draft dodger. <laughs> one of them's like a Bob Dylan type. Uh, Pass. Who's crooning tunes. Uh, and he like he sees my kid living in the woods and he like he tells him he digs his vibe, which I don't know. Uh, there, that's just pulled from the headlines. Is there like an injured uh, hunter or something that he nurses back to health? Ooh, like someone's stuck in a bear trap? Yeah, that was my thought. Yeah. I haven't read the book, but I'm telling you right now, that hunter sorry, is played Calvin, by Chris Pine. If you Pine. want to make your own fan fiction, that sounds oh. great. Uh, but not on my fucking movie. That's <laughs> I didn't know how faithful the adaptation would be. It's going to be literally the amount of time it takes to read the book. That's how long the movie's going to be. <laughs> it's going to be in real time, shot for shot, <laughs> recreation of my, of my, of my, of my novel. All right, Gene. Well, uh, any, <laughs> anything else? Anything you want to plug while you're here? You doing any any uh, projects in the immediate future? Well, I'm writing a new book. Oh, that's basically just the plot of my side of the mountain, but adapted for millennials. Where okay. He gets an Airbnb, and it's it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I can't it's wait. Tougher than you thought it might be. I can't wait to read it. Anyway, thanks for letting me on your show, Calvin. I hope I gave you some food for thought. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry you have to go. No, me too. If it were up to me, I would just have my own show. <laughs> Wait, you <laughs> do this all the time. Just Wait. talk about this one thing every episode, the whole hour. You could do that, though. Colby, I gotta go. <laughs> okay, bye, Gene. Bye, Gene. Bye. Gene Craighead George. George, on, on my... My radio show. Was she coming on to you, Calvin? Oh, maybe. Um, she would keep speaking to me in the third person, and she wanted to cast you in her movie. Uh, I, well, I think that's just a uh, she's a product of her time, so she just she addresses the man in the relationship. <laughs> <laughs> just that, that's just politeness. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Kobe, did you sense it? I I sensed I said all all of this talk of uh, of uh, 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 older people not uh, <laughs> being romantically involved with younger people. I think is like a it's a misdirect. You know, it's a classic red herring. Disguising <laughs> that they are attracted. Yeah, disguising her <laughs> true feelings. Oh, I was nearly entrapped. Sexually entrapped. Oh my god! <laughs> Let's take another call. <laughs> Caller, you're on the air with uh, me, Kaylin Puckett, and Calvin Cole. Hey, Colby. Hey. Loyal caller, Tim Keck hey, is on the line. Kaylin, this is great. Hey, Tim. who's who of who's I know. Hey. Oh, I love you guys so much. This is the best. Tim, right back at you, buddy. So who was that? Was that... Uh... <laughs> Uh, I could. I don't know who that, that person was. <laughs> that was write, uh, that uh, was that was the author. Was the author Gene Craighead George, uh, who wrote uh, My Side of the Mountain, which Calvin talked about the last time he was on this show, and uh, just talked right, about again for a little that. while. Is that in the same world as uh, Hatchet? Now, what's Hatchet? It's in the Gary same Paulson, genre, right? Oh man, everybody knows these books. Ha- Hatchet. Oh. Hatchet is like. Um, like my side of the mountain is like the Hobbit, and then Hatchet is like, uh, you know, one of those spinoff fantasy. Like, I like, loved Hatchet. It made me want to get a pocket knife because oh, for sure, Hatchet yeah, Gary Paulson. It didn't make you want to get a hatchet. Um, 
like he only had a hatchet to use, but all the things he used it for, like mainly whittling. I I just wanted to whittle, but yeah, wanted the power of a knife. Caitlin's only interested in the non <laughs> non survival based activities of, of frontier life. Totally. Stitching. Uh, Tim, how many uh, how many edged farming. weapons do you own? Me, I have a lot. Actually. You gave him some. <laughs> That's true. An unsafe amount for New York. Uh, what? <laughs> what are you copping to here? What are you afraid is going to happen? It is shipped in from ridiculous. Arizona. <laughs> name name one. Well, what? I, name one. Yeah. I have a uh, uh, I have a hatchet. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a tomahawk. It's oh, a, it's a tactical hatchet. <laughs> specifically, a tomahawk. It's a, uh, it's a it's a sog tomahawk. Oh my uh, god. Pretty pretty good brand. For, for when, uh, for when the real life last of the Mohicans <laughs> happens to Tim. Well, it's does is what makes it a tomahawk the fact that it's balanced for throwing. Uh, yeah, I did see somebody throwing it on the internet the other day, so I've been calling it a tomahawk. I don't know what they called it. It was like a hatchet. It's like a yeah, but it's like tiny. It's got a pick on one end. It could go through a door. We actually tested it. <laughs> Wait, you tested so it? I was like, on what on your yeah, yeah, on what door? Through. We had a spare door. No, you didn't. How do you get a spare that is true, door? <laughs> I didn't mean to well, yell. I'm sorry, Tim. <laughs> and then we just, you know, then then we had an extra door. And so I said, well, I want this tomahawk to be of some New York use. So worst case, I'm like trapped in a fire. My door is somehow locked. I <laughs> don't have time to unlock it. Could I chop through a door? And it turns out Sog creates a tomahawk that will let you do that. Wow. You're – oh. <laughs> Tim, I know you have a dartboard. Do you practice throwing? <laughs> not in the house, no. no. Not in the house. I have On not. the streets I would, of Brooklyn. I don't know if I'd be comfortable throwing, the to- throwing it. Yeah. Well, I'd say you practice on this, this door. Well, the door's gone now, Colby. We, we chopped our way <laughs> Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, two bits. Fair enough. Yeah, I also have a, a war hammer from Cold Steel that was a gift for Christmas. What's a war? What? Tim, why? <laughs> now, of course, when war I hear Warhammer, I think of like uh, like the villain in Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> where it's like like a head the size of a football on like a four-foot yeah. shaft. Yeah. But I feel like that's not what you're and- talking about. Have you seen it, Calvin? I, I'm, I, I'm looking I one up right so. now. I think I know what you're talking about. Okay, this... so it's the Cold Steel Warhammer. It's got like a, uh, it looks kind of like a long axe handle, but yeah. it has a, like a, the head of the axe is like a pick on one end and then a big flat like hammer on the other. And it too can go through a door. <laughs> can I read you the, <laughs> can I read you the Wikipedia description of a Warhammer? Sure. A warhammer is a late medieval weapon of war intended for close combat action, whose head resembles that of a hammer. <laughs> That's a sick definition. This is uh, these are the liner notes <laughs> to uh, to a uh, 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 a twisted sister album. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. Oh man! I wish you could have been warhammer. I wish you could have incorporated that into our wedding ceremony, Tim. I would have loved Warhammer. Oh, I could. We could have nailed the, the box shut with that. T- Tim, Tim <gasps> co-officiated our wedding incredible. and didn't bring a single weapon, which is bullshit. <laughs> because the, I hear the original function of a best man was to literally physically stop people from interfering with a wedding, like violently. Oh wow! Like a, a best man would wear a sword. And stand next to you on the altar so nobody could fuck with you while really? you were trying to get married. That's wow. true. Yeah. But Tim was our officiant. That's true. Um, the officiant can't do anything. But I did surround myself the with, with the largest men I knew. <laughs> that was the main qualifier. <laughs> you did have a... Uh, you, you were dwarfed by all of the men you chose. To, uh, I think I was uh, only taller than two of them. <laughs> and, you're, and I'm six foot tall. You're tall. Yeah. Kevin's a, a pretty big dude. I'm I'm tall. I'm I do all right. Yeah, I do all right. You're tall. I'm a I'm a, I'm a light heavyweight. <laughs> I yeah yeah. I gotta really tilt my head up for a smooch. I gotta work. You're tall. 
Oh, and that still <laughs> that still won't get you there. I I, I got to come down to meet you. Do you still do? Yeah, Gross. I I actually just I <laughs> I I hugged uh, Noah, uh, who you know. Uh, Who's last... Noah? <laughs> uh, <he's, laughs> who are you giving hugs to? He's a sweet, sweet man. <laughs> Uh, but he's very tall, and I, for the first time, got the rev- like uh, I got bopped in the face by his shoulder when he came in for a hug, oh, which I have done to countless people. Yeah, uh, and I'm going to be much more conscious of it going <laughs> forward because it sucks. I love this, yeah. Tim. Any holiday uh, uh, greetings you want to give people? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. I'm just uh, saying I this do, last I, show of the year. It's your last time to, you know, uh, get, get 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 your name out there before uh before the new year. Uh nobody nobody care. My mom might be listening to this, so Merry Christmas to my mom, I guess. Yeah, by Merry the time Christmas she'll to listen, mom. I'll be home probably. Yeah, I guess so. This will be out uh on Friday, uh the twenty second, this this, yeah. this oh, as wow. a podcast. My mom yeah. is a dedicated <laughs> podcast listener of Colby's. I heard. Yeah, yeah. She said the radio show isn't worth getting up for, but the podcast is worth a late download. (laughs) Well, you want to wait for those hot takes to cool off. Yeah, exactly. You should do a prediction (laughs) of something that will happen by the 22nd so your mom can be so impressed when she listens. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know what you should do is is like... The end of net neutrality. Boo. (laughs) You should like uh, scream boo. And then, uh, like, lurk behind her when, when you know she's listening and wait for the moment. <laughs> or like, or say, like, look behind you, Mom. <laughs> and then be behind her. I guess you don't have to menace her. It could be sweet. Yeah. I'm going to talk to I'm going to talk just to Tim's mom for a second. Hey. <laughs> class. Hey, Tim's mom. Mrs. Keck. It's, it's, your, it's your buddy, Colby. You listen to me all the time. You got to get Tim to move back to Florida with you. <laughs> New York doesn't want him. <laughs> I've met Tim's mom, and I don't think she wants. Wait, that could you guys hear that? Wait, I didn't hear any. <laughs> oh, outstanding, outstanding. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Tim, we got to start wrapping the show up now. But a uh, 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 happy holidays to you. Happy holidays. God bless us, everyone. That's right. Tim what? out. Whoa. <laughs> Bye, Tim. Bye, Tim. We'll talk soon. There he goes. He's out. There he goes. All right. Guys, that's it. That's the show is almost over. We have precious few minutes left. Oh, boy. I want to try something now. Mm-hmm. Every so often on this show, we do an inspirational speech, right? Yeah. But usually, it's either just me or just the guests doing it. Mm-hmm. But what if the three of us did one together? Yeah. Well, I'll start off. I'll say a couple things. Then we'll go round and round and round. Perfect. Okay? Yep. And I'll, I'll take care of the tunes. All right? Here we go. Here we go now. We're starting it up. Starting it up. Wait, hold on. We're starting in five seconds. And now. Nope. Yes. Well, gang, it's been quite the year, hasn't it? Feels like maybe it's gone on forever. It's one year that's felt like ten. But we, here at Young Persons Radio, I like to think, exemplify the resilience of the human spirit and the bottomless pit that is hope. Well, folks, I um, I have to second Colby on all those sentiments. I think it's important to remember when you hit bottom, which I think we have as a nation, that there is nowhere to go but up. And I hope that 2018 will be the beginning of a new America led by forward-thinking young men and women and old men and women, and everyone in between, linking hands in hope, faith, and progress. In 2018, all you little buddies 
you tiny soldiers are going to put your hands into one another's. You're going to look each other in the eyes for the first time. Get, get your faces out of your phones, out of technology. You're going to get the spark. You're going to remember the magic. That is love. 2018, I'm saying it now, will be the year of love. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 2018, the year of love, and more episodes of Young Versus Radio every Sunday between now and the end of time. I want to thank everyone for listening this Sunday and every Sunday this year and look forward to many more to come. Thank you to Kaylin and Calvin. Yeah, thank for you. You're welcome. Today. <laughs> We're just saluting Kobe. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Kobe, and thank you, listeners. Thank you, America. For your faith and support. It is now time for this show to end for the year. We will have no new episodes next week or the week after due to the holiday season. There will be reruns if you cannot bear to break your Sunday routine and need to listen to the show. They will be there for you. And now we will be we will pick back up the second Sunday in January. We'll be back with all new episodes, more guests, more calls, more bits, more laughs, more cries to dumb things, more songs, more music, more happy times, more sad times, more times that define us as human beings. We will be doing it together on Young Persons Radio now and for the rest of our lives. In the meantime, stick around for Points of Order to talk about sports. From 11 to 12, here's the best band of all time, Titus Andronicus. Bye, everybody. And you wouldn't mind if you lost your mind, haven't lost your mind already, ain't it nine times? I don't mind, no, it feels just fine, no, it feels just fine when I lose my mind and it looks so nice. When it's flying right back That I don't mind When I lose my mind My whole life I'm losing my mind